Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in the love of the Lord and each other. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Pam. It's so nice to be together with you today for another podcast. Yeah, and I'm really excited about what we're about to embark on. Uh, We have decided that we're going to do a series of podcasts where we're going to take a look at each one of the Beatitudes and talk about how we can live out that Beatitude in our lives and particularly in our relationships. So I'm hoping that we're going to look at it from um, a little bit different perspective. We'll be throwing in definitely like the common thoughts on perspective of the Beatitudes, but we want to really apply them to our daily life and those in our relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think we're going to shoot to have each episode be a little shorter than our average podcast so that if you want to, you know, get to it, um, Beatitudes in, in, in a one listening session, you can get that done under an hour. So okay. we'll try let's, to be succinct and, uh, you know, really let the Holy Spirit guide us to whatever it is, uh, he wants to, you know, lead us towards in, in these Beatitudes, because I mean, really, honestly, it is so beautiful and powerful. These words of Christ about what it is to live the Christian life. Um, they are just such a, rich part of our Christian heritage, um, the understanding of, of the Beatitudes. And I don't think that we do meditate enough on what they mean for us in this life, because they do have, you know, th- this sort of both and in each Beatitude. It is what you are now and what that will make for you later. Like there is the kind of the command and the promise mm. in, in, in it really. And it, it, but he's too gracious to make it a command. He, he instead brings it out as a blessing. That's right. You know, but really it is kind of a command too. I think that we do are called to live out our lives he as wants Christians. To draw this way. us to himself. Right. Draw us to himself. Right. So without further ado, let us start with the first beatitude, which is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the earth. So poor in spirit, what does that mean to me? Poor, poor in spirit to me kind of means a simplicity, you know, a simplicity of um, reliance on God, like more of a reliance mm-hmm. on God, less of a reliance on self. Um, at least that's kind of how I see that poor in spirit. It's just that a simplicity. What, what would you say? Right. You know, for me, there is a prayer that embodies the whole concept of poor in spirit. So I'm just going to say it now. Looking forward to it. And it is a famous prayer from St. Ignatius of Leola. And it goes like this. Receive, O Lord, all my liberty. Take my memory, my understanding, and all of my will. Whatsoever I have or possess cometh unto me of thy bounty. To thee do I restore it. And surrender it all to the governance of thy holy will. Grant me but the love of thee, together with thy grace, and I am rich enough. Nor do I ask for aught besides. That, to me, is what means to be poor in spirit. It says, everything that is good in this world is a gift from you, an unmerited gift from you. Gratuitous gift. And all of this goodness, I give to you 
of my free will, because our free will is the only thing that really is ours. And still that's really a gift because he created us with it. And we say all of this goodness, I give back to you and whatever you want to, you know, return to me. Great. And whatever you don't great, because what it is, is says Grammy, but your grace and love for you. And I'm rich enough. Like, Poor in spirit means I'm not grasping for anything in this life. Nothing that is temporal, only God and love for him and his will is everything. And that is what, for me, that's poor in spirit. And to be poor in spirit has absolutely nothing to do with how much material wealth you have or don't have. You could have a person who is exceedingly wealthy and is completely detached from all that wealth and only uses it in order to serve God and his will. We need wealthy people in the world to do the good things. Benevolent. Yeah. People mm-hmm. who can, who can you know, build the churches and fund the, the seminaries and the, and the convents and stuff. Material wealth is meaningless unless it's at God's service. But you can have somebody who's totally impoverished and not be poor in spirit. Somebody who's grasping for respect and for admiration and for and to gain more material things like they want they want that stuff because they feel like that will give them dignity and meaning or whatever. So just because you're poor doesn't mean that you're poor in spirit just because and just like you can be rich and not be poor in spirit. So the spirit is about where is my orientation regarding what's important in this life and what where my worth comes from. So poverty of spirit, it, it then, what it does is it actually allows you then to possess the earth. Like that's, the, this is the beauty of the Christian faith. It's always the paradox, yeah. right? That's right. Unless you die, you can't live. Unless you let go, you can't receive. It's, it's always this, right? Yes, so unless right. you're poor, you cannot be rich. <laughs> that's right. I love it. And that is, you, you find that around every corner in our faith. Yeah. It, it is the that's quintessential true. like reality of the Christian life, the paradox. Right. Okay, Megan. So we, let's talk about being poor in spirit and how that's lived out in our daily lives with our family and friends. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if I want to, if I go back to that prayer, the beginning of it, receive, O Lord, all my liberty. And my memory. Liberty means like that free will of act, Mm -hmm. how you want to use your time and your thought, right? Right. Okay. And memory. I think Mm -hmm. that's a big one too, because often in our relationships, one of the things that really inhibits us is our memories. Mm -hmm. Our memories of past injustices, our memories of how we've been hurt, of how we've been ill-treated, of expectations that went unfulfilled, and all these sort of things. And we almost create this little yucky treasure pile. It's, a, it's, it's like the opposite of a treasure. It's, it's a, a pile of, of stuff that we cling to and we go back to, and we and we constantly are struggling with kind of unforgiveness. I think it's yeah. What you're a lot saying. of times it's, it's unforgiveness. unforgiveness. It's, it's probably yeah. like the general term of it. 
But we think that we need to cling to those things in the relationships. Otherwise, we're going to be hurt again or, or, you know, we're grasping for, you know, affection and cherishing from other people and not allowing God's love to really be the thing that fulfills us. So we're, we're striving for things that are temporal when we should be satisfied with the thing that is eternal. Absolutely. And when we do that, it causes problems in our relationships. And so in the end, I think it really does come down to expectation. If you're poor in spirit, if you say, I'm rich enough, I don't ask for anything other than you, Lord. Everything else that we get from other people that is, you know, good is, is just icing on the cake, right? So we're not feeling this neediness from other right, people. Right. Another way I'm kind of hearing this too, Megan, is like, are we bringing our baggage into a situation? Sure. Like yeah. with a relationship, let's, let's take it, you know, like as a, a relationship, say with your, a parent or a spouse or even adult child, you may have baggage, mm-hmm. right? And I think the poor in spirit says, let go of that baggage, live in the eternal now, yeah. in the moment where God is, God's not in the past and he's mm-hmm. not in the future. He's only in this present moment. So I think that really plays well into being poor in spirit because you are leaving the baggage behind. It's just poof gone. You right. know, it may not really be, but to live in the eternal now with the person in front of you as if a fresh slate every single moment, mm-hmm. every single moment. That to me, I think is a good way to live out relationship with poor, the poverty of spirit. Absolutely. And I, sometimes it's just really hard, right? To let go of that stuff. And we have to ask ourselves, why am I clinging to it? What is it making, what is making it so hard for me to let go of that? And a lot of times it, it is fear. It, it's fear of being hurt. It's fear of being misunderstood. It's fear of you know, all sorts of things. But in the end, I think a lot of times it really goes down to a fear of not feeling loved by somebody else. Right. You know, Megan, I think it's been my experience as well is even if I feel like, or I have, I poured sufficient prayer, I, I feel sufficient forgiveness in my heart, but this, there's this other component that takes a little longer And I want to say it's like a muscle memory, like Mm -hmm. something happens and you still have that same reaction, even though you've forgiven. Right. And that takes a little more time. And that takes also what? God's grace. Not without your grace, O Lord. Absolutely. And but I also think that a lot of times what the pain back then really was, was an unmet expectation right? That you felt that you needed something from somebody and you didn't, and that expectation wasn't met and then it hurt, right? So if we can come to a place of having our expectations transformed by the Lord such that we're not expecting things from people anymore, because what we've received from him is so great and so abundant that we are, we're full. I'm rich enough. So I don't need from another. I am blessed to be loved by another and to love another. And that is a great outpouring of the abundant grace of God, the overflowing of his goodness within me. 
But that sense of it's out of the excess of having already been filled by him. And so if we can approach our relationships in a place of fullness instead of a feeling of emptiness that we are looking to be filled by another, then we come at that relationship with a true heart of charity. And the beautiful thing about it is, is that when we do enter into relationships out of our abundance instead of out of our need, we actually do inherit what we had desired in the first place. The beauty of love that comes as self-gift to another and desiring their good, that sense of agape love only exists when we come at it out of our abundance instead of out of our of a perceived neediness. And so that's how God brings it around, right? By no longer clinging or trying to cling to these things or, or this ideas, these expectations that other people need to fill things in us, then we can actually truly receive the very thing that we most want. So true. That's a beautiful, that exchange. Yeah. Because, you know, we think of inheriting the earth a lot of times. We, we tend to go towards the material a lot, I find. When we think about that, you know, we think poor and inherit the earth. So you, you had nothing, you don't have stuff, and then now you're going to get stuff, right? Because we relate, we kind of tend to relate the earth to material things. But the reality is, is that inheriting beautiful, loving relationships is the most beautiful thing that you can inherit. The most beautiful gift of the earth is our gift to each other because we are the pinnacle of God's creation. We are the most beautiful, valuable, glorious thing that exists on this earth. And we forget that sometimes, I think. Amen. That's right. We are the most valuable, made in his image and likeness, set apart. Yeah. So when we think of, you know, in the, when God makes all things new and there's a new heaven and a new earth and we're perfected in him, the fullness of inheritance comes when we are fully united to God and fully united to each other. And then all of creation, those lesser things of the earth will simply be rejoicing with us in, and be ordered towards, you know, that. But the great, great blessing will be the unity between God and his people and his people with each other. And we must be poor in spirit right, to be able to achieve all of these things. Because mm-hmm. if we try to fill ourselves with all the stuff of the world, whether they're human relationships or material goods or, 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 you know, desire for power or wealth or, you know, esteem or any of those things. If we're try- constantly trying to fill ourselves with that, then there's no space for God to pour in his, the real goodness. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the poverty is to prepare for the outpouring of the grace. Right. Right. Like, Meaning just let's get rid of our baggage, give it to the Lord, turn it over to him so you can be more pure in spirit. Right. So then the question becomes, you know, in our last few minutes on this topic is how do we grow in poverty of spirit? You know, what, what is a way, some ways that we can try to, you know, work on preparing ourselves to be disposed this way? Any thoughts on that? 
Sacraments. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That is definitely always my go-to, um, especially in times of confusion, distress, or otherwise increasing um, daily mass, adoration, and confession. It's just been really my... Um, get me back to baseline, you know, to really go back to that poverty of spirit that I pray that I might have uh, mm. is through those outlets because it reminds me of the truth, who I am and who I am in God's image and the love of God for me and as, as his creature, his daughter. Right. Absolutely. I think those are, yeah, that's primary because those are the ordinary means of grace, right? Those are the sure thing, grace conduits that, you know, you just Go and you open your heart to receive and he will pour it out into you. I would say another way, especially if you're finding that you're really struggling in relationships. Um, I really think spiritual direction is a place that can really help in this area because that's a place that you can try to work out some things as far as bringing them out to the light of day and saying, you know, I'm really struggling to not feel needy in this area or feel like I'm grasping for something or, or I'm constantly feeling let down, like I'm not getting what I need. Like that feeling can be really painful in, a, in, in our lives. And so usually in order to move out of that into a place of a poverty of spirit, we have to understand where it's coming from. Because usually there's a place of woundedness in our lives that's this gaping wound that's open. And it's kind of like a sieve where there, it's a hole in you. And, and as much as God's trying to pour grace into you or even, you know, the goodness of other things in the world, it's just pouring out. It's, it, you can't hold it because it's, there's this hole in you. That, that's not allowing it. It's like you're a broken vessel, mm. right? And we so we, ha we need to come to understand where are these broken places in my heart that are being causing me to feel like I need to grasp and try to f get from other people stuff yeah. and everything where right. I can't feel the freedom to be poor in spirit. Another way to say that is like, what are the, what are my lies? What are the lies that yeah. I've bought over time? And take a look at those to try beat right. those. And usually, uh, you know, I, I don't know if anybody of y'all y'all have read the book "Be Healed" by Bob Schutz, but he talks about the anatomy of a wound, mm -hmm. and it it really is the wound, the thing that caused the initial hurt. It precedes the lie, so you get the wound, and then there's a lie that comes attached to that wound. And then also, then often after that, there's what's called a vow, which is basically how you're going to deal with this perceived lie in your life. And so to work into that, to allow the, the light of the Holy Spirit and his grace to reveal to you these areas that are, you know, keeping you captive from really letting go, letting, letting mm -hmm. God be your all in all and and are causing you to try to grasp and cling to things from, from other people and your other relationships, unless you work that out and really bring that to, to light, it's going to be hard to truly move into a place of right. spiritual poverty. And I, I would say that there's also a sin tendency attached to that anatomy as well. Oh yeah, for sure. For, that helps um, as one of our, our means of trying to make ourselves feel better, which is really just a quagmire. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is very true. There's a book called Broken Gods. Have you ever read that no, book? No, I haven't. Oh, I'm blanking on who wrote it. 
Um, Unbound is another good one, though. I really, I got a lot of fruit from Unbound. But Broken Gods uh, is about, uh, Gregory Popchuk, I think, wrote Broken Gods. Um, And it's about basically in our lives, there are all the, the big vices are really us seeking a virtue. But we're just because of our woundedness and things are it's we're seeking it in a disordered way and then it becomes a, a vice. So to work out those things so that we can start really just letting go, letting mm. go, letting go of all these things, these these expectations that we have, that things that we think we need or we won't be able to feel loved or feel valued or all those sort of things. And unless we start, you know. Letting those things go and really having that poverty of spirit that says, Lord, you're all I need. It's, you're all That's I right. need. Right. So I really would encourage our listeners, if if you're joining us today, that if you have, a, um, and you can kind of sense your inordinate desire to control things, to really have things to be a certain way, this is the beatitude for you. Mm-hmm. The poverty of spirit. What would it look like to to act out on a poverty of spirit that emptying of your desires to be more open to what the Holy Spirit wants for you, um, less of trying to control your situation. Right. I think it'd be great um, as we end each of these Beatitudes to just, you know, say a prayer and uh, ask the Lord for the grace to understand this Beatitude more fully. Beautiful. So let's start. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you came to this earth and that you taught us your ways. You shared with us your heart and you gave us the pathway to heaven. And these Beatitudes are so much a part of that map that leads us to you. We thank you for this time that we've just examined a little bit, this first Beatitude, the one that you started with, that blessed are the poor in spirit. We ask you to increase our spiritual poverty, O Lord, to help us let go of the things that we cling to that are of this world so that we can be open to receive the things that are eternal. We long, O Lord, for you to fill us, and we ask you to help us empty ourselves of anything that is not you. We long to inherit what you desire for us. We are your children. We are your sons and daughters, and we want to inherit your kingdom. So we pray that you would guide us in the ways that we can become more truly and fully yours to separate ourselves from the desires of the world so that we can draw closer to the desires of your heart. May the desires of your heart be the desires of our heart, that we may become more one with you and that you may become our all in all and that we will truly feel that to have you and your love and your grace that truly we are rich enough. Pray that you would grant us the grace of your love and to help us to live this beatitude fully and beautifully and truly through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today and we hope you'll join us for the next one and we will let you look it up in the Bible if you don't already know what the next one will because we ask you to always go and run to the scriptures and let them be the motivating guide in your life so always until next time god bless god